You're listening to Speaker's Corner with Alfie Joey. Please welcome your host, Alfie Joey. Welcome to Speaker's Corner with me, Alfie Joey. Great guest, we always do. I cherry pick them. And this guy, I've known for quite a long time. Ivan Hollingsworth is a coach, he's a teacher, he's an expert in leadership. He gives lots of presentations and coaching sessions to people, to groups in the NHS. And boy, does he have a story that works on so many levels for people in those groups. But I would say it's a story that I think could go right around the world. He, I think he hasn't even scratch the surface of where he's going to end up in the public speaking game. He's doing brilliantly, by the way. But I would suggest that Ivan is going to go an awful lot further than he or, or I imagine at the minute. I, I think he's great. Um, I've been chatting to him for over a decade, but our early conversations, they were always on my radio breakfast show on the BBC, and it was a very personal story to Ivan. So I've asked him to share a little bit about what was going on back then it involved is so the worst imaginable I'd say scenario for any parent is your child being sick and his son was very very poorly and luckily uh, a very special hospital helped keep Seb his son alive and then Ivan in turn wanted to keep that hospital alive because it was under threat of closure so he ended up going on ITV's flagship national breakfast show with an audience of millions he went on our local radio shows regularly he put on live events at golf clubs and the hilton hotel to raise vital vital funds and i asked him where did he feel most and least comfortable when communicating it feels like such a long time ago reflecting on um 2009 2010 in those very early years of our fundraising um, Seb was obviously born um, in January 2009 and underwent his life-saving open-heart surgery on the 4th of May 2009. And I think we realised very early on that if we were going to raise the kind of money that we wanted to, um, then we'd have to we'd have to work out how we we told our story um, to more people than just our immediate circle of friends and colleagues so that had to come through clearly articulating our story and I suppose trying to become effective communicators um, which meant engaging with the media and social media um, in as frequently and as hopefully a compelling a way as possible so in terms of where I felt most comfortable, probably in those more intimate environments. So if I was giving a talk to a rotary club or, or, or just having a conversation with someone on a one-to-one -one about what we were trying to do and the wonderful charity work of Chuff and the Heart Unit. Um, I think where I felt least comfortable, certainly in those early days, were were the television broadcasts because you want to tell a story and, and you want to curate that story and but you realize that the the job of of good editors and tv producers has to cut that down and so as i'm probably doing now waffle a little bit uh, and before you know it they, they may well edit what you're saying down into something quite different 
So that that was really uncomfortable for me in those early days because I would watch back and realise that I hadn't really got my message across very well or, or had been drawn onto a different topic and therefore not able to talk about the charity work or the fundraising challenges that we were doing. So I think that was probably my biggest challenge in those early days. So I think because I know firsthand Ivan's been a little bit harsh on himself there about getting his message across because I always found, although I was interviewing him in a live situation, he got his message off brilliantly and over to the listeners brilliantly whenever he spoke to us. And I saw him do this in, in different settings. And sometimes, as he said there, he had to communicate in very different kinds of way, getting across different kinds of message, whether it was fighting to keep the hospital open, tell his son's story, raising vital... Fun. He's raised over half a million and counting for his special cause. Or whether it more lately been speaking about Hollywood stars becoming family friends and joining in with the cause and the passion that is chuff, saving the children's heart unit, keeping it going. So I asked Ivan, what is, for him, the key to landing a good message? How you give your message out to people who either may not understand or may have a different agenda to you. Certainly when we were thinking about keeping... Um, the children's heart unit open at the Freeman was something I I really thought hard about. I, I, I spent more hours than I care to remember um, understanding all the politics, understanding the emotive elements of it, and then trying to pull that together into the most, the tightest, most um, easy to understand message that I possibly could. Because I realised that at times I was fighting politicians from other areas of, of England and, and really going into quite stressful situations. So I think in those cases I had to, had to almost become a little bit of a politician but using my heart dad status as my kind of trump card. I think within the, the fundraising and a lot of the work we did there, for me it was always about everyone can tell an emotional story and there's many people who have done bigger challenges than I have but what I try to do is link um, Seb's, Seb's story um, our challenge and then where your money might go so you could feel a part of that and I felt that what we were able to do over our eight years of fundraising through that approach was was ensure that whether you gave £10 all the way up to running a double marathon you felt like you were a part of something incredible and I think that how you reflect what you're saying onto the other person so that they feel that they are an integral part of what you do, to me, became fundamental. Um, regards to speaking with Hollywood stars, do you know, I don't even know whether I've got that right yet, um, because you, you always feel so inferior to, to these people. Um, but I think what's key to me throughout all this is it's not about me. That was always about the, the link into Ryan Reynolds and how we got to him and all of the other Marvel um, superstars was around the difference it would make to Seb's life. And if I'm honest now, what we're able to do at Chuff is take that support from all these, these fictional superheroes, these Hollywood superstars, and use their support to help other heart heroes like Seb. So I think... The opportunity there is is that it's not about me or my profile or even 
Ryan Reynolds and Chris Hemsworth profile, but rather that by using their voice, we can positively impact how heart heroes like Seb, teenagers like Seb, can feel about their scar and can feel about having a special heart and they feel special. They feel amazing rather than feeling different. How good's that? He's at the nail on the head, hasn't he? Because the real superheroes, obviously, are the, the surgeons in all of this and the kids who put up with this and come through and transform into, into brilliantly inspirational figures for others. But the fictional superheroes have done a brilliant job drawing attention to all that. And we'll be back with Ivan in just a second. Speaking of superheroes, here's a quick word from our brilliant sponsors. The North East Nibble Project is a not-for-profit organisation founded by two North East permanent makeup artists, Megan Jones and Amanda Patterson. Their aim is to provide free areola tattooing for women who've undergone a mastectomy and breast reconstruction as a result of breast cancer to help regain confidence and empower these courageous women. To register for this service or to donate, visit their website www.northeastnipples.co.uk and follow on Instagram at Northeast Nipple Project. If you'd like to sponsor Speaker's Corner, do get in touch with me. We'll give you the contact details at the end. Right, back to our brilliant guest, Ivan. And Ivan, um, as I said, raised over half a million pounds with, with friends and groups of friends. So Ivan's an elite athlete. That's how partly he, he raised so much money over half a million pounds for charity. I wondered whether he believed physical fitness made his public speaking sharper. Oh, I don't know. That's so difficult. I think physical health and mental health in terms of being sharp are, are inextricably linked. Um, I used to aspire to go to the Olympics and, and, and never made it quite that far. And um, But I think when you have a really healthy body, I think it supports you in terms of having a healthy mind. It doesn't mean it's automatically going to come. Um, but I don't think it's a given. Uh, no, I don't. So I don't think physical fitness lines up with being a sharper speaker. Um, but I now use, interestingly, I now use exercise as a way to centre my thinking or to cope with stress or anxiety or whatever emotion I'm feeling before or after public speaking. So I think it helps in that way, in the fact that it's, it helps me to either prepare or to process what's happened once I've, once I've presented. Well, that's what I love about this podcast because I was not, I, I sometimes ask a leading question expecting someone to say what I want them to say and Ivan didn't there. So I thought he was going to say, yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely makes my speaking better when I'm super fit. But he said not necessarily, but it does help centre him and helps him think and helps him after an event sometimes, which I think is very interesting. Um, I ask a lot of guests this, what mistakes did you make in public speaking? How did you put things right? Probably, I've probably made more mistakes than I care to remember. I like to call them learning opportunities rather than mistakes. Um, I think my biggest fear is always technology. And I, I think if you rely on technology, then you, you leave yourself vulnerable. So my, my, my approach to public speaking of any sort is if you know your stuff inside out, 
And if you are prepared for things to go sideways, then you're better able to cope when they do because they will at some point. Um, so I always think that's that's the biggest way that I cope. I'm trying to think of a particular time. I've had a number of virtual meetings where the technology hasn't worked properly. Um, people have been in the wrong virtual room or they've not been able to see my slides. And, and I think that's hard. So I think being as prepared as you can with the technology, but then understanding that, that people people will always give you a bit of grace. And I think as long as you you're able to keep them informed as to what's happening, then they're probably able to give you a bit more slack. That there to me is a slam dunk of an answer because I've recently joined the Public Speakers Association. It's really good. It's been really good for me. Uh, but there's a big emphasis on slides and presentation and speaking to words that are behind you on a screen or pictures. And yes, Ivan's right. Things do go wrong. So I think you have to be ready to speak without them. And I'll say it again, you know, but Martin Luther King did new slides, Tony Blair did new slides. Um, you know, you think of great speeches. Very few people use technology. Um, so there you are. Brilliant advice from Ivan. Thank you very much for this. Now, when we've had nice cups of tea and, and meetings of late, we always exchange podcast ideas. Ivan's always got a good book on the go that would be useful. So I asked Ivan just to share some recommendations with you because he consumes so much. Oh, Podcasts have been a real a real eye opener for me in the last uh, probably three years. I have a number that I love, um, some that I dip in and out of, um, and, and probably have a bit of a love hate relationship. Um, so I love Brene Brown. I, I think Brene Brown is is, is incredible, and so um, I, I like both of her podcasts that are on um, Spotify. Um, really, really good, whether it's Dare to Lead or Unlocking Us. Um, I, I love Malcolm Gladwell um, and Revisionist History. There's a couple of others that I really like. I, I, um, I like, I like um, High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey and, and, and Damien Hughes. I think that's a really good podcast and one that I would definitely recommend. But I think the other ones that maybe people might not have come across are... Um, the Happiness Lab, um, which is a brilliant podcast um, that I really, really enjoy with Dr. Laurie Santos. Another one, that's through Pushkin Industries as well. And another one which I think is brilliant, which is called A Slight Change of Plans with Dr. Maya Shankar. Um, so I think there's a few that I binge and there's other ones that I dip in and out of. Um, but I certainly would say the Happiness Lab is the one that, that I've probably re-listened to on more occasions than any. In terms of book recommendations, it very much depends what you like. I, I think if you're, if you're thinking about um, culture, which I think for me is a really important one, you probably can't go far wrong than Daniel Coyle's The Culture Code. Um, another one that I, I would highly recommend is Belonging by Owen Eastwood. I think that's a, a fabulous book uh, and I really like his style of, of, of drawing back, knowing our us stories, understanding where we come from, whether it's in, in family, in life, in our work, and it helps us to, to build that greater sense of belonging, which I think a lot of organisations are striving for. Um, but I would say the two books that probably changed my life more than any are Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, which comes off the back of her 
her sensational TED talk, uh, The Power of Vulnerability, and Benjamin Zander, um, and, and he's anything by Benjamin Zander. He's the uh, conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. He is an amazing public speaker, uh, and uh, his book and, and seeing him speak publicly changed my life in terms of thinking with an infinite mindset and, and having that much broader view of, of life. And finally, what speakers, performers, presenters influenced Ivan and what did he learn from them? I've got a few. <clears throat> Number one, Billy Connolly. Um, I, I, Billy Connolly is an incredibly funny man, but actually the, the story I always tell of, of Billy Connolly, which enabled me to cope with my nerves in public speaking better, was told by his wife. And it's specifically related to a, I think it was a stand-up performance in Australia, in Sydney, Australia. And he was backstage, almost paralysed with fear. Um, just didn't know what he was going to say. This, you know, tens of thousands of people in an audience uh, and just just so, so nervous. And And his wife tells a story that she physically pushed him on stage and then watched him give two or two and a half hours of the best stand-up she'd ever known him give. And that told me, that gave me that reassurance that that, that physiological response to, to your nerves before public speaking are okay. If Billy Connolly gets nervous, then it's okay for me to get nervous and to almost embrace that rather than trying to fight it. So I think that for me was a real eye-opener in terms of, of how I would how I cope with those difficult, challenging experiences. In terms of other performers, I'm I'm always fascinated more generally by some of the, sort of the greatest speeches that have been given in history, whether it's Martin Luther King, um, whether there's other, other sort of time, speeches during wartime or during times of deep unrest, and understanding how they curated that, that speech, how... I think it was Bobby Kennedy and his speech after Martin Luther King had been assassinated and and how these people um, curate a speech and build a speech and how it has the most impact. So I'm, I have one or two people that I'm really fascinated by, but then it's more generally how, how some of the greatest speeches in history have, have come about and been curated rather than some magically appeared that they've spent hours and hours and hours preparing on. I think generally when I think about um, public speaking or um, trying to have a positive impact when I'm in a room with people, whether it's eight people in a workshop or 200 people at a presentation, is that I, I try and think about what story I'm trying to tell and build the content to the story and the story has to focus on delivering to the purpose. And I sort of go at it that way and build the presentation or the speech or the workshop from that way. So start with purpose and then work through story and then end up with what content supports that. But then be relaxed enough in myself that I come across naturally. I'm not trying to give a speech. I'm trying to tell a story. I'm trying to engage with people and fundamentally um, trying to provide something to them that's either entertaining or informative or challenging, but it's not about me, it's about them, and therefore I have to go up there to deliver something that will have a positive impact for them, rather than that's centred on 
my performance, my ego, or my status, um, which means I'm always thinking about about how the audience is responding, whether or not I'm engaging with them in a meaningful way. What a powerful, practical way to, to finish. It's like he's really good at it, isn't it? That's Ivan Hollingsworth. You want to look him up, you want to contact him or follow him on Twitter. Seb4Chuff. That's the number four in the middle. So Seb4Chuff, which is Children's Heart Unit Foundation, which he's still very much involved with. So thank you very much to Ivan and his regards to his lovely family. They're, they're brilliant. They're lovely people. And I recommend them if you want them to give a talk on leadership or on inspiring, empowering, or lots of matters involved with the NHS fundraising. He can speak about a lot of those issues. Contact him. See what he thinks. That's seb for chuff on Twitter. We'll see you again for Speaker's Corner again. I'd love your thoughts. The best way to track me down or to contact me probably is to sign up for my website, which is all at the Alf Art website. Go there and all my arts there. But also sign up for that newsletter. Subscribe. It's all free. So it's www.alfart. Um, one word. Dot. Could it UK? Okay. We'll see you next time for Speaker's Corner. Spread the word.